Now, beloved, at this time, we're going to move on to the next segment of our standing between the living and the dead service, already in progress, if you will. Ladies and gentlemen, brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus, our Lord and Savior, family, friends, and foes, and yes, even foes in the family. And uh, to the standing between the living and the dead service family members. And if you just received the Lord as Savior, this will be your first Bible study. This is Daniel White, the third president of Gospel Light Society International with the Scripture and the Sense podcast, episode number 982, where I simply read the Word of God, the Holy Bible, uh, and uh, give the sense of it based on an authoritative commentary source, such as the Bible Knowledge Commentary, or the Matthew and or the Matthew Henry commentary or some other reputable commentary or study Bible. This podcast, my dear friends, is based upon Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 8 where it says, Ezra and the Levites read in the book in the law of God distinctly and gave the sense and caused them to understand the reading. The aim of this podcast is that through the simple reading of the Word of God, the Holy Bible, and the giving of the sense of it, it is my humble prayer that the church would be revived and that the world would be awakened and saved from the wrath of God and saved from the eternal burning hell by believing in the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior who said the most important words in the history of the world, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Tonight, my dear friends, we are reading and looking at and studying Malachi, the last book of the Old Testament, Malachi chapter 3, verse 8. We're still dealing with, will a man rob God? Will a man rob God? Yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, Wherein or wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. Dear friends, I just read in your hearing once again Malachi chapter 3 verse 8. Now here is the sense of it. 
here is the understanding of it. With the help of the Holy Ghost and the Bible knowledge commentary. Again, the nation's problem had to do with offerings. Uh, part of their problem was that. The second oracle dealt with the attitude of disrespect to God, which led them to a profaning of the offerings to God. See, this is why it's important when you're dealing with people in the church who claim to be Christians and children in the home and even a wife in the home where you say, well, uh, why didn't you say the husband? Because God will deal with the husband. It's not the wife's place to deal with the husband. So, well, I deal with my husband. That's why your, your marriage and your family is in a mess. It's out of order. But the, the point is, you must deal with the heart. You must deal with the attitude and the spirit of a person before you get them to understand the importance of doing something for God and for the work of the ministry. Because if that is not dealt with, oftentimes rebuked, should be rebuked, and punished, and chastised, or whatever the case might be, then you're going to constantly have a problem on your hands. People who have bad attitudes, uh, they are a tragedy uh, ready to happen. you got to deal with that. And I've dealt with all of my children that way. I'm more concerned about your attitude. Because if you get your spirit, your heart, and attitude right, then you will do right. I've dealt with my wife about that. Her bad attitude uh, needs to be uh, dealt with. Because if she doesn't get her attitude right, which is really uh, a reflection on how she feels towards God really. And I know that there are many sweet evangelicals and other Christians who want to blame the husband for everything. Uh, and in most cases, I don't believe that to be the, the main issue. I believe the problem in most homes, contrary to what most pastors preach because they know better, what most contrary to what most men say because they know better or they think they know better because they fear their wives I believe the biggest problem in the home today are disobedient rebellious I am woman hear me roar bobbed hair stubborn disobedient 
women in the home. Wives and mothers and women. <clears throat> it's not your place to correct your husband or to put your husband in your mind in his place. You let God do that. But there are many women, and many women, you, you say, well, don't you, aren't you afraid women are going to hate you? There's some who do, but they, they come back and listen, they, and they say, let me hear what this man is going to say. You know why? Because there's a deep down hunger in all women for a man to be a man and not be intimidated by them. And I, I'm never afraid of dealing with women because... God has wired them a certain way. And even though they may verbally, outwardly disagree in front of their husband and so forth, but when they get around their girlfriend, you know, but uh, he's right about what he's saying, even though I'm not doing it. And I know some girlfriends who are that way too. Bossy, bobbed hair, be devilish mean, hateful. And what has amazed me is how so many women group up together and just fight each other, but yet they they hold on to their sisterhood power. And we'll, we'll stick together even though, even though they don't like each other and call each other's uh, call each other bitches and whores and everything else. Yes, even in the church. And so forth and so on. My whole point is, whoever you are, get your, if you're saved, you have the power to change. Change your attitude. Because someone said this, sounds cute, but it's true. Your attitude determines your altitude. Some of you, some women get everything they want in life because of their attitude. And, and they wouldn't even call themselves virtuous women, but they know how to choose to have a good attitude and spirit with your husband, with your children, with your boss, whatever the case might be. And they get everything they want. That some of you women, you don't understand. You think that you have power in your nasty, stinking attitude. And you don't. It makes you look very small and childish. And the same thing for men. Some men have bad attitudes. Young men, some young men have bad attitudes, bad spirits. Children have bad attitudes and bad spirits. And so, uh, get your attitude straight. And then the other stuff will work itself out. God will bless you if you get your heart and your spirit and your attitude right. Seriously. And you can, you can avoid a whole lot of problems with God, with the law, in your marriage, in your family, if you get your heart right. I've told my wife down through the years, you need to get your heart right. All this other stuff you're talking about does not mean anything. See? 
and some of you poor husbands out there, anytime your wife say anything, you think it's your fault. That's the game she plays on you. It's nothing but manipulation. And she'll have you jumping around like popcorn. And you should not let her do that to you. You're in charge of that relationship. You're in charge of that family. You maintain under God the right attitude and spirit, and God will bless you. And yes, people, God will bless one spouse and not the other. Just like God will take one spouse to heaven and leave the other behind. If they full of hell and the devil. God has no respect of persons. But you're responsible for your attitude and your spirit. Same thing goes for teenagers and young adults. And, and parents, don't be afraid to rebuke your teenagers and young adults. And tell them about their attitude. They're not going to like it because they already have a bad attitude. But you need to do your job and tell them so that when they leave, you have left it all on the field. And you have peace in your heart. You told them about themselves. They didn't like it then. They don't like it now. But at least you told them. You need to tell them. Don't wait for somebody else to have to tell them. You tell them. They hate you. So be it. Hopefully one day they'll get saved. And they'll understand it better by and by. There, the quality of the sacrifices was in question. See, God is not concerned about what you can give him because he doesn't need anything. He wants you to get your heart right, your spirit right, your mind right with him. If that means getting saved, if that means examining yourself to see whether or not you be in the faith, if that means examining yourself and you see how that you cannot possibly be saved, with a track record of 10, 15, 20, 30, 40 years of hellaciousness and rebelliousness, disobedience, hatred, malice, the silent treatment, lying, dishonesty, stealing, deceit, on and on, it never ended. No pausing whatsoever. You have no fruit. You need to be born again. And then your attitude will change once you trust Christ as Savior. It won't change overnight, but it'll, it'll start changing. You have a sweeter spirit. How many of you been with somebody? They may be beautiful. They may be handsome, whatever the case might be. They look good on it. Let, let, me, let me tell you something. Let me tell you people something. You cannot go by how people look. Now, I'm pausing for a reason. I want you to get that. There are some sick, sick people in this world who look great. And you better pray and ask God for deep discernment and wisdom before you get involved with somebody. Look me deeply into my eyes and see if I'm playing with you. I'm trying to help you. 
I don't care how good they look. Have you ever been with somebody? They look good. But uh, on the inside, they're ugly. And got an ugly attitude and an ugly spirit. Huh? You know what I'm talking about? And, and, and nothing can erase that ugliness on the inside. These are they who can get in the bed right beside you, turn their back, and, and won't say a word to God or to you. And they won't tell you what's wrong, but they, you know they got a bad spirit about something. I, I feel sorry for you if you got that kind of problem. And then, then the, some of these folks like that, they're hard enough to crack. And if you keep pressing, they will react violently against you. They'll turn over and say, if you say another word to me, I'll stab you while you sleep. <laughs> huh? You better be careful who you mess with. I don't care how handsome and how muscular he may be. I don't care how fine she is, and I'm going to tell you something, that's, that's a big problem for many men, how fine a woman is, how God molded that woman to be just dripping fine, and can be so ugly on the inside. And not only ugly, but sick in the head. Emotionally unstable. I'm talking about the kind who, who are on, they're on medication for their mentality. I, you know, listen, let me help you something. Let me help you now. Okay, do not date anybody. I don't care if you get mad about it or not. Don't date anybody who is taking pills for their psychology, for their mind. May God help us all. Do you hear me? There are many, there are women out there today who are fine as wine. And I don't care what my Baptist preachers, my, my, my beloved Baptist preachers say. Uh, there's nothing more final than a wine from Carolina. <laughs> a wine bottle of some good Cabernet. I don't care what you got to say about it. It's fine. But, but there's something better than a fine bottle of wine. That's a fine woman. But not the kind who they're taking medication for. I'm not talking about an ailment, a physical ailment in their body. But they're taking medications and there are millions of these women doing this today. Look at me real good. They're taking medication to heal their minds and their psychology and to keep them at a certain level uh, to try to suppress the demons that are on the inside of them and their multiple personalities which are legions of demons. And when you find that out, see this is why I believe all of these apps, they need to declare what pills are you taking, especially the old geezers on our time. You say, Preacher, have you ever been to our time? Nope. I've never. 
been to our time. I'm not, uh-uh. No, 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 no. I'm 61. I, I feel like I'm 21, 31 at least. Huh? In a certain area. Without pills. You understand? And none of new. Uh, I, I'm not interested in another 61-year-old companion. I'm not with downtown, down, down, downtown Abbey. Huh? Uh, what? What? We can't, uh, we can't do anything together. And plus, I, I need to know what kind of pills you're taking. Are you willing to declare your pills? Most women don't even want to declare their age. You know they don't want to declare all the pills they're taking. I believe these apps ought to say, okay now, you need to declare what kind of medication you're on. Because if you're on crazy medication for your so-called mind issues and psychology issues, baby, we can't be go anywhere together. You popping the pill to keep a certain level of sameness? Uh-uh. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know if I'm talking to a devil or one of your personalities or your legions of demons or, 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 or what, or what. What's going on? And the same thing for a man, especially a man, you women. Well, you know, he's taking some medication for his um, uh, 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 schizophrenia. Uh, I, 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 I stop right there, baby child. Stop right there. Stop right there. He's he doing what? Okay, well, he's going to kill you. So, uh, you know, I just want to tell you up front that that's what's going to happen to you. If he's taking any kind of pills like that, dealing with his brain, his mind, and all of that. I don't care if you like it or not, you people in the church or outside of the church. I can care less. I don't want my daughter to marry anybody taking pills for schizophrenia. I don't care how good he looks. I don't want my son marrying no crazy woman on pills for her mind. I'm never taking any pills for my mind. And some of you people need to stop taking pills and get you a good cab for about $10 and drink a half a glass for you women and a whole glass for you men about three times a week. You'll be fine. Take a little wine for your body, a little toddy for the body. I don't care if you sweet Baptists don't like it. I love you. You're my brothers. But y'all need to stop lying, talking about Jesus Christ made grape juice. He never did that. He made wine. With a kick. <laughs> Stop lying to people. And you drinking wine at the house. But you want to stand up in the pulpit and send other people, deacon so and so, and your uh, armor bearer, liar, lying armor bearer, to the liquor store. Because you don't want to be seen at the liquor store. When Jesus made wine, some of you people. If you read about all of the theologians know that wine is a sign of blessing, not cursing. All the theologians, all of the theologians know that. Now, there are there warnings? Yes. Well, I'm trying to help you. When you eat, like we eat in America, you drink a little wine with it to clear your mind and your, your vessels and all of that out. On a regular basis, man, woman, 
then you wouldn't be taking all these doggone pills. You'd burst off with those pills. And you need to declare those pills when you get on our time at 64. This is, I've already told all the people, I'm not even looking at you. I don't even, I would never even go to our time. God forbid if my wife died, I would have to get with somebody, a beautiful female, but she would probably be 20, 30 years younger than me. She can't be on metformin with me, which I'm not on anymore because of a little wine, thank God. They want me to get on it, but I'm not get. I don't get on. I'm not on that. I don't want her to be on a aspirin regimen, which I'm not on anymore. You know why, people? Because God in heaven told me to drink a little wine for my body. And so I'm not on any of these pills. I take a vitamin. And, and, and things in the vitamin family, natural stuff. But anyway, I digress. Here the quantity was the issue. The nation God answered was robbing God by not bringing tithes and offerings. Why? Because their attitude was wrong. If you are not giving to God as you should, if you're not witnessing for God as you should, if you are not obeying God as you should, it's because your heart is wrong. Your attitude is wrong deep down. And that's what God is concerned about. That's what Jesus is concerned about. That's why he said, if you lust after a woman in your heart, you have committed adultery. As far as God, he's concerned. as he is concerned. You committed adultery in your heart. Because God is concerned. God looks on the heart, not the outward appearance like we do. You know why we have so many divorces too? Because we go for that look. Oh, uh-huh, girl, yeah. Uh-huh, yeah. We, can get, we need to get together. Uh, we go for how beautiful she is, how handsome she is. And then we find out they're sick in the head and sick in the heart. And we'd be looking for the exits. I got to get away from this Negro right here. Before he makes me crazy. And I'm already close to the edge, so don't push me. The tithe was literally a tenth of all produce and livestock which the people possessed. A tithe was to be given to the Levites, who in turn were to give a tithe of the tithe to the priests. The Israelites were also to bring a tithe of their produce and animals and eat it with the Levites. Glory be to God. Before the Lord. Before the Lord in Jerusalem as an act of festal worship. Also every third year a tithe was to be stored up in the towns for Levites. God did not play with the tithe and offerings. We hear people in the ultra grace movement. They tickle me, these people. Okay, it's grace. It's, It's not ultra grace or super grace. It's grace. It's amazing grace. But see, 
God's amazing grace will help you to live right and do right. And so, well, I just do grace giving. That's fine. You can do grace giving, but it ought to be above the tithe and 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 and, and so forth. You ought to at least pass that, surpass that to God. It's not it has nothing to do with your church, or your pastor, and you ought not be in a church where uh, the pastor is all about the money. This is between you and God. One of the reasons why my oldest daughter, Danny, is uh, so rich to the point of helping me in the ministry, helping her siblings, living in a mansion, driving a Mercedes at the age of 31, is because I taught her how to tithe and give years ago. When she was a little girl, probably 13, 14 years old, we would get on our little rinky-dink computer. She wanted to support World Vision. And I taught her, and this, this literally happened, if we got a dollar in, she would give 20 cents <coughs> or whatever, 25. We always, always taught my children to do 15% or 20%, not just 10%. And we would get on the computer and she'll give 25 cents. She'll give, uh, if we get $10, she'll give a dollar and fifty, a dollar and fifty cents, or two dollars. I taught her to do that, and she and she been so thankful and and giving, and she also uh, God put in her heart as a uh, a child. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. This is a life verse, and all of these other things shall be added unto you. And that's exactly what has happened. And she's helping me pass that on down to her siblings. And all of them want to do well as well. Sad to say, Danny and my daughter Danita, they're really the only mothers that these children know. Real mothers who took care of them when they were coming up. I know you don't like that, but that's the truth. My wife is standing right here. She didn't, she didn't rise to the occasion. There are people in this world who sometimes, for whatever reason, do not rise to the occasion. That's just the reality. There's no need to lie about it. Ain't nobody's mad about it. The children are not mad. Uh, they're still loving. But they do remember. And I remember. See? And so, glory be to God for working out as good as it has. Strangers, widows, and orphans. While the word offerings may refer to offerings in general, it seems to refer here to those portions of the offerings as well as those portions of the tithes designated for the priests. If the Levites and priests would not receive the tithes and offerings, they would have to turn to other means of supporting themselves. As a result, the temple ministry would suffer, just like the church ministry will suffer today. And many churches suffer because people have the wrong attitude towards God, the wrong attitude towards sin, the wrong attitude and spirit towards people, toward the wrong attitude and spirit towards their spouse. So they don't do what God has commanded them to do. 
because they're down here jiving with the turkeys instead of flying with the eagles. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening to the Scripture and the Sense podcast. Please remember to read the Word of God, the Holy Bible, each and every day of your life and pray without ceasing to God about everything and for wisdom to understand His Word and apply it to your life. Most importantly, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou, you, shalt be saved. Please stay tuned for a complete presentation of the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ so that you can get your soul saved from hell to that wonderful place called heaven when you die. May God bless you and keep you is my prayer. Now, dear friends, if you're with us today and you do not know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior. Allow me to show you how you can place your faith and trust in Him, Jesus Christ, for your soul's salvation from sin and hell. First, accept the fact that you are a sinner and that you have broken God's laws. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We all have failed God. We're all guilty before God. You do not have the right to look down your nose at others. You're just as wicked as others. Second, accept the fact that there is a penalty, there is a punishment for sin always. You will be paid for your sins one day. The Bible says in Romans 6.23, For the wages of sin is death. Our payday someday is death to these beautiful bodies, death to so many things before you die, death to marriages, death to relationships, uh, death to material things. You will experience a thousand deaths before you die because of sin. But ultimately you will die physically, your body will be put in a cold dark grave and that ought to be frightening because it is frightening. But more frightening is that your soul, if it dies without Christ, will go to a burning hell to spend eternity in a dark place, even though there's fire. You say, Preacher, I don't believe that a loving God would put people in the hell where Jesus Christ, the loving and lowly one, preached more on hell than he did about heaven. Jesus Christ, the loving one and the lowly one, preached more on hell than any prophet in the Bible. He said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 28, And fear not them which kill the body, but are not able to kill the soul, but rather fear him which is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Also the Bible says in Revelation 21, 8, But the fearful and unbelieving, and the abominable, and murderers, and whoremongers, and sorcerers, and idolaters, and all liars, shall have their part in the lake which burneth with fire and brimstone, which is the second death. Whatever you do, don't experience the second death, because it's bad news. Hell is bad news, but I have good news for you. You don't have to go to hell. Jesus suffered and bled and died on the cross for your sins, was buried, and rose again on the third day, and he said these words to you before he left here. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, that is, perish in hell, but have everlasting life. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou you shalt be saved. Pray and ask Jesus Christ to save your soul and to come into your heart and change your life. He will do it. Romans 10, 9 and 13 says that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou you shalt be saved. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Saved from what? Saved from hell. If you believe in the Lord Jesus Christ, that he suffered and bled and died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose again. And you're ready to trust him as your savior. Pray and ask him to save you and he will. I'll be glad to lead you in prayer in what is called the sinner's prayer or the prayer of salvation. Repeat after me phrase by phrase and mean it from your heart. Let's pray. Holy Father God, I acknowledge that I am a sinner and that I have done evil in your sight. I am guilty because I have broken your Ten Commandments, your law. I've taken your holy name in vain. I've dishonored and disobeyed and disrespected my own parents. I have lied many times before. I have lusted after people and things and what others have. I've stolen things before. Uh, so Lord, that's five to six commandments I've already broken out of your Ten Commandments. And so please have mercy and grace upon me. For your Holy Son's sake, Jesus Christ, please forgive me of all of my sins. As I now believe with all of my heart the best way that I know how. In the Lord Jesus Christ. That he suffered and he bled and he died on the cross for my sins. Was buried and rose again. Lord Jesus, please come into my heart and save my soul. And change my life. Fill me with your Holy Spirit and help me to repent of my sins past and help me to turn from my evil ways. In Jesus Christ's name I pray and for his sake, amen. Now, dear friend of mine, if you believed in your heart on the Lord Jesus Christ, that he died on the cross for your sins, was buried and rose on the third day, allow me to say to you, dear friend, congratulations on doing the most important thing in life, and that is trusting Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. For more information to help you grow in your newfound faith in Christ, please go to gospellightsociety.com and read my pamphlet titled, What to Do After You Enter Through the Door. Jesus Christ said in John 10, 9, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out 
and find pasture. Dear friend, if you trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today, please email me at dw3 at gospellightsociety.com and let us know. We have some free material that we want to send you. If you have a prayer request, please email that to us as well, and we will pray for you until you tell us to stop. Until next time, my beloved, God loves you, we love you, and may God bless you real good until next time. Now, I may be traveling here over the next few days, and uh, but I will resume preaching as soon as I get back. And I will do some preaching while I'm on the road. So thank you so much for your prayers. Please continue to pray for us. And we will continue to pray for you. God bless you. Until next time. <laughs>